Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. The Call, written by Cold Fire Knight. Control to all units. We have a white male, approximately 50 years of age, not breathing, not responsive, at 404th Street. Fire an EMS or en route. My pulse starts racing. I know that house, that little brick one on the corner. I'm close, maybe even close enough to count this time. It's late and there's no traffic. Yeah, maybe this time. I pick up my mic, voice steady. 349, control, en route, ETA, two minutes. Two minutes isn't very long, unless someone is dying. I flip the switch, bringing flashing lights and blaring sirens to life. Slamming the gas pedal on the floor won't make my car accelerate any faster, but I do it anyways. I hear the other units responding, further away than I am, and know that I'll be there first. Know what that means. Doesn't matter as streets blur by while I shift my eyes to keep tunnel vision setting in. 349, control, ETA for fire and EMS. Silence. This is the silence I hate, knowing the answer is almost always not soon enough. 349, fire says 5 minutes, EMS says 10. Roger, I respond, knowing it's all on me until the others show up. There it is, 4th Street. I shift my foot from the gas to the brake, back to the gas, barely slowing enough to make the turn. Thank God there's no traffic, and I'm only 4 blocks away. Four blocks. Maybe this time. There. People outside the house, standing by the road, waiting on help to come. I need to park clear of the entry so the others can get inside quickly when they arrive. They'll need room and this is such a small house. I kill the sirens and grab the mic again. 349, control, show me on scene. They acknowledge me as I break and slide to a stop clear of the front entrance. I jump out, getting the siren but leaving my lights flashing for the others to see, while sparing a precious second to lock the door, securing my car and weapons inside before placing them out of my mind for now. There are people around me now, all yammering as I run for the door, hoping that I'm in time. I pass through the door. God, this living room is so small and see him lying on his side on the floor, body giving small twitches. Someone says Control told him to put him like that. I'm grateful. At least someone was listening this time. My mind tries to flash back to the last call like this. I'm trying to find the apartment, and Control tells me the caller is crying, but refusing to do CPR on the infant. I locked that away hard. There's no time for that, only for the man in front of me. I take a few steps needed to cross the room and drop to a knee beside him, ask his name, how long he's been down when anyone last saw him. One of them was in the room with Steve, and now I know who I'm trying to save, when it happened. And they called immediately, so maybe five minutes. 
The others flutter around us, asking me if Steve will be all right, if he'll make it. They're full of hope, worry, and fear for him. I can barely hear the next siren, but give them a confident expression that they want, they need. As I place my hands on Steve's chest, I look from them to Steve. Steve, can you hear me? Pause, no response. Steve, I'm going to start CPR on you. Help is on the way. Still no response, so I notify Control that I'm starting compressions and to cancel the timer. God, that sounds ominous, but I don't need the distraction. They watch me struggling against death, trying to save Steve from him. My focus splits once I press down. Come on, damn it. Not another one, please. I was here as fast as I could. Please let it be enough. They tell me that Steve had open heart surgery a couple weeks ago. Do I feel his ribs giving beneath my hands? Can I keep pushing this hard on him? My back's to the door and I hear someone else come into the room. The rookie, Turner, comes into view and stops. I spare a glance at him and see it. This is his first one. His first time seeing someone try to save a man. And he's frozen in place. I remember that time and give him what he needs. Turner, go with them and get his medications for the ambulance. They'll be here soon. He's still not breathing. God, he's still not breathing. His mouth keeps opening, but he's not breathing. Please, please make it. I hear more sirens closer. Turner snaps out of it and asks the woman to take him to the medications. Good. He got them away from watching this. Turner may not be okay later, but he's okay right now and that's what matters. Another person comes in the door behind me, asks what I need. I recognize Paulson's voice. Tell control, subject is still non-responsive. Compressions, ongoing... Get new ETAs, then wait outside and direct them in here once they arrive. Try and keep the people outside calm. I hear him leave and listen to the radio traffic that follows, alone with Steve. I talk to him as I press down, watching him twitch with the motions, but still no response. Different sirens are drawing closer now, but I don't know who it is. My arms are sore. No idea how long I've been going, but it's just me between him and death. I can't let him go, no matter that my own pulse is still racing, specks flashing across my vision, because I just can't lose another one. Please. I hear the door open again, and voices I don't recognize are wanting to help. I tell them to clear a path for the EMTs, knowing it's the only thing that they can do. It gives them a purpose, lets them believe that everything will be okay because they helped. Come on! The door opens again and I recognize the voices as firemen. They know exactly what's at stake right now. Renewed energy flows through me and I keep pumping on Steve's chest. I'm telling them what I know about him, his history and how long I've been working on him. I tell them that I've got him until they can hook him up to the AED. Maybe this time. Maybe. Please. One of them tells me it's okay to stop. They're ready. I pull back and straighten up, my head spinning from the change. I watch them put the patches on him and hook up the wires. 
The AED tells us to stop compressions as it reads Steve. Come on! AED starts giving directions. Stay clear. I watch Steve flop as he tries to shock his heart back into rhythm. It says to start compressions and I lean back in to take over. One of the firemen stops me, thanks me, and tells me that they've got him. I nod back to him before standing up to take stock of the situation. The EMT should be able to get into the living room once they arrive, but there's no room for anyone else. I call Turner, tell him to keep the woman in the back rooms until the ambulance gets clear, unless there's another door that they can exit through. After he acknowledges me, I walk outside and can hear another siren drawing close. Despite all of the flashing lights surrounding the house, I notice that there's no actual noise and nobody needs me right now. I close my eyes and dip my head as my hands finally start shaking. Please, please let him live. Please let him be okay. They need him and I could really use this one. Please. I open my eyes as the ambulance finally arrives. Paulson walks up beside me, asks if Steve is going to make it. My hands stop shaking as I give him the same confident expression the woman inside got. Say, I think it'll work out. I tell him to get the door while I bring the EMTs up to speed on what's happening. He nods and heads back towards the house. I move towards the ambulance and start talking. Please. I watch the EMTs race into the house with their gear on the stretcher between them. Once they're inside... Paulson lets go of the door and starts walking towards me. I can see Tucker coming over from where he'd come out of the back door with the woman. I can see that they're both worried, unsure what's going to happen. Please let him pull through. I tell them our part is done and we did what we could. I tell them that they did good work because they did. And what else can I say? I release them from the call assuring them that I'll handle anything else that comes up. There it is, the mixture of worry and relief on their faces, knowing that they're free to go, but afraid that they could have done more. I watch them leave before closing my eyes and taking a slow, deep breath, hands trembling again. Oh God, please! I release the breath and the prayer, walk back to the house, Nothing I can do but watch from just inside the door, out of the way. Some of the people come up behind me and ask how Steve is. Will he make it? I assure them he's getting the best care possible until he's stable for transport. They nod, accepting my words, and walk away. I see it when it happens. Steve jerks, then gasps and coughs. The machine tells them to stop compressions. Everyone starts talking to Steve then. Does he know who he is, where he is? Does he know what happened? They move him to the stretcher, and I hold the door for them. I help them load Steve into the ambulance, and he's talking. The family is talking to him, letting him know that they'll be right behind him. I look up at the night sky, smiling. Thank you. Thank you for that. I key up the mic, hand steady once again. Revon 9, control. Ambulance has the patient, en route to hospital. I'll be back in service. End of story.
And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.